What is gut health? How do we achieve it? And how does it impact our life? All that and more on this episode of The Healthiest You. Hey, it's Mike and Steph from B104, and today we're talking about guts. Well, gut health, that is. Do you know anything about your gut health, Steph? I know on certain days I hate your guts. <laughs> That's it's not exactly the same thing. I know since COVID, my gut's gotten much bigger. <laughs> <laughs> well, we happen to be here uh, with Lehigh Valley Cancer Institute Hematology and Medical Oncology Chief, Dr. Usman Shaw, is uh, with us to discuss our gut. Welcome to the show, Dr. Shaw. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. So tell us a little bit about yourself. We obviously know that you're a doctor, but what do you like to do outside of work? Uh, you know, I have two kids, so uh, a lot of my my free time is spent, uh, you know, uh, you know, doing different activities with them. Uh, love to play ping pong, uh, uh, basketball, so um, you know, a lot of different things with them. What age range are your kids in? Because I know they can keep you very busy. They do. I have a seven year old daughter and a thirteen year old son. And who would you say is the better ping pong player? Not to put you on the spot. Uh, you know, I think my son would like to think that he is, but I usually, uh, I usually can win the majority of our games. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, doctor, what sparked your interest in gut health? So this has been a journey that I, I think has been very organic for me. So about, um, uh, maybe I want to say five years ago, um, uh, I was asked to write the foreword for um, a book that uh, one of the professors at the sales, uh, Dr. Hojat, was uh, was writing um, uh, called "The Economics of Obesity," and um, you know I, I started kind of reading more about uh, nutrition at that point. Uh, it's not something that is well uh, or widely taught in medical school, so uh, you know we have kind of a passing familiarity with it. But but that was the moment that kind of I started to become more interested. And then I became much more interested in um, the microbiome uh, as it affects gut health. And that's kind of what led me on, on this journey to, um, to kind of really promote, you know, uh, how we uh, improve our gut health uh, to anyone and everyone who will listen. Well, I guess that's perfect to talk about this next. What does it mean to have a healthy gut? So that's a complicated question, and, and probably we could spend an hour just on that. But, um, you know, I don't think anybody wants to do that uh, uh, necessarily either. So I'll give you the Reader's Digest version. Uh, you know, I, I think that the, def the definition of good gut health is probably um, uh, still not well-defined. Uh, and so we don't know what exactly perfect or good gut health looks like, but we have a pretty good idea of the things that go into good gut health. So when we talk about gut health, the, the first thing to really understand is that um, we are composed not just of human cells, but bacterial cells, bacterial cells that are incredibly important and healthy for good function, good immune function in our guts, uh, absorption of nutrients, um, and decreasing inflammation uh, through what we eat and what we absorb in our guts. So you have this balance of good bacteria, hopefully predominating and then you know the so-called uh, bad bacteria uh that's the technical term <laughs> you know that that uh live generally in some sort of a balance now if the balance is off and you have a predominance of the bad bacteria the disease causing bacteria then you could 
uh, that's a, there's a term for that called dysbiosis. And um, essentially, good gut health in a nutshell is having, you know, kind of the predominance of the good bacteria or the healthy bacteria. Now, doctor, you talk about good gut and bad gut. I always think, you know, if you're overweight, you have a big gut, that's bad. But that's not necessarily true. How can I know the status of my gut health? And is that something I should get tested? So I think that's going to be coming soon. Um, uh, I would say in the next five years, I wouldn't be surprised that we have, uh, you know, these tests commercially available. Right now, they are not commercially available. They are not used for clinical decision making, and they're not used in the clinic right now. But essentially, the way you do it, and we actually launched a study at Lehigh Valley here looking at um, looking at patients that were completely healthy as controls, looking at their stool samples, uh, and we can extract the DNA, but not our DNA or not the person's DNA, but really the bacterial DNA that's in their gut. And you can develop a signature of that, uh, and um, uh, that gives you an idea of the balance between good and bad bacteria. What are some of the ways my gut can impact my health, either good or bad? So many different ways. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, dysbiosis or this imbalance uh, can really lead to, um, uh, well, first it's important, let me back up a little bit. It's important to understand what this bacterial, the, the uh, healthy bacterial uh, colonies in the gut do. So they protect against uh, infection. They help you synthesize certain vitamins. They are critical in immune system function and development. Uh, they promote healthy storage of fat, uh, so not the unhealthy storage of fat. Um, they modulate our nervous system. So, you know, there are all these things that they do. So now if it's dysbiosis that, you, that we're dealing with, if it's erratic, then we are dealing with things like inflammatory bowel disease, uh, fatty liver disease. Uh, which is one of the rising causes of cirrhosis in the United States. Uh, it can lead to heart disease. It can lead to obesity. It can lead to um, autoimmune diseases, as well as cancer, which is what I do. Uh, doctor, I think I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask this anyway. You know, if you have a bad day, sometimes it will cause you to have like pain or butterflies in your stomach. What is the connection between your gut, your brain, and or your emotions? Is there a major connection there? So a lot of different studies have looked at this, and the majority of them have concluded that there there almost certainly is a, a strong component uh, to our gut health and then our our emotional well being. So, um, you know, in a simplistic way, the diet that we eat is broken down into you know carbohydrates and then further metabolized from there, and those uh, um, uh, breakdown products will give off signals that will ultimately impact uh, the brain uh, and will control things like appetite, your cognitive behavior, um, or other psychiatric conditions even. So, for example, there, there was one large study um, that looked at uh, the association between depression and Mediterranean diet. And what it showed was that if um, uh, folks were on a Mediterranean diet, which is more uh, a plant-based diet, their risk of developing depression was much lower compared to not being on a Mediterranean diet. And that was uh, you know, published uh, as, uh, as early as 2018. I, I want to uh, ask you a quick question about food that you eat. Um, for instance, I love ice cream. I will eat ice cream. Ice cream makes me happy. 
But then depending, I guess, what's on in the ice cream, the ingredients, uh, my gut, not so happy. So does that kind of fit into what you were just describing with the Mediterranean diet? Yeah, so one of the, the, the big uh, keys that I think emerges from a lot of this research is that processed foods, as well as refined sugars, right, a key component of ice cream, uh, which is what makes it taste so good, uh, can have a pro-inflammatory effect on the gut and so can lead to uh, that dysbiosis we talked about. Now, I heard in some cases you can actually tell if someone has cancer by looking at their gut. Is that true, or is that one of those other things that kind of bounces around the internet every now and then? It's, for the most part, mostly true, although, again, not ready for prime time in the clinic. Um, but multiple uh, studies um, across over the last five years across multiple cancer types have actually shown that if you look at the, the bacterial signature, so what you do is um, there's, everybody knows about DNA because of the, the um, and RNA now with the vaccines. So bacterial uh, organisms tend to rely on RNA much more. And so you can isolate the RNA and develop a signature of different bacterial populations that are present in the gut. And then certain signatures will be uh, consistent with, let's say, breast cancer or esophageal cancer or colorectal cancer. Um, so, but they're different in different populations. So if you had somebody who lives in China and eats a certain way, their signature might be different than somebody who lives in the United States. So there's work being done to standardize those signatures so we can do it more consistently and reproducibly. Uh, but yes, I, I think that uh, in a nutshell is true. How can I improve my gut health? So that's the million-dollar question, and I think that this is where there is um, uh, significant controversy or at least um, uh, lack of clarity. Uh, there are a lot of diets that, that are popularized, whether it's um, the 30-day or uh, the um, keto diet and so on and so forth. And so there's a lot of confusion about what really is the best way to have a healthy gut. Um, I, I tend to think of the things that we should do as more lifestyle changes. So there are fundamental things that we can do to promote a healthy gut. So those are things like eating less processed foods. Um, those are things like eating less processed meat, less red meat, and eating more plant-based foods that are not processed. So um, uh, things that, uh, you know, fruits, vegetables, things that our mom told us to eat. Yeah, well, we all heard those lines. Eat your vegetables. <laughs> uh, you listen, I think and, it the, and it turns out, just to add, it, it turns out that, you know, mom was exactly right because if we do eat that plant-based diet, that all, that whole food plant-based diet, uh, our guts are going to be much happier for it. Mom is always right. Yeah, I can say that now because I'm a parent. Uh, doctor, <laughs> <laughs> how long, because everyone wants to know this, how long after you make the adjustments, you start eating a little healthier, will my gut start to look different? Like a week, a couple days, a couple hours? Yeah, very quickly. So not 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 quickly as a few few hours, but certainly uh, within a few days to a week. So there was this really incredible study done out of Harvard, uh, you know, a few years ago, where they basically took healthy folks, about only ten people who would volunteer for this, but they were essentially, um, uh, you know, in an apartment for the duration of the experiment, and they initially 
were on a certain whatever diet they were on at baseline. And then half of them were put on a vegan diet and half of them were put on a regular, you know, meat containing diet. And what you saw is that within days, their gut flora started to change. So these changes happen pretty quickly. Um, once you establish uh, a kind of a, a consistent baseline, you know, that baseline probably holds until you do something to, you know, adjust it back to where whatever baseline it was at before. So these changes, uh, you know, diets are probably not the right word. It's, again, lifestyle change. So if you change your lifestyle, these changes happen quickly. Got to um, a specific thing that you should try to have more of in your diet, I suppose. How much fiber should we all have in our diet? So the the U.S. Uh, uh, um, you know kind of guidelines suggest that for men about thirty eight grams uh, per day of fiber, and for women about twenty five grams uh, per day. Um, whether those are the exact right numbers, I think no one is sure on because if you look at populations from Africa, where for example they have among the lowest rates of colon cancer. Um, has much to do with probably the amount of fiber they take. There's a lot of data, uh, including from the U.S., suggesting that fiber decreases the risk of developing colon cancer. Uh, so again, that, that old adage of an apple a day, right? An apple is about five grams. So ideally, you're looking to take in about five to six grams, uh, or excuse me, five to six servings of fiber a day, which is a lot you know, when we think about how we eat. All right, doctor, quick question. Grape nuts, yay or nay? Uh, grape nuts is uh, better than some and worse than others. It all depends on what uh, what you compare it to, I guess. <laughs> I just know it'll just snap a tooth right in half. Now, let's get back to the questions here because a lot of <laughs> words get bounced around. Probiotics, prebiotics, is that a good source of fiber? And what are they? Sure. So that's a, that's a really good question. I get asked this a lot. Uh, so probiotics are the actual live uh, cultures or bacteria that, you know, we think are healthy for your gut. Uh, so you can find these in pill forms and they're pretty ubiquitous um, and they're very popular. Uh, it's not clear whether they are truly helpful because the gut bacterial populations in each of us individually are very unique. About 60% of them are unique as a fingerprint is. So hard to know that, you know, what type of probiotic I should take or what type of probiotic I should recommend. So probiotics are not fiber. They're really the, just the bacterial uh, cultures themselves. Um, prebiotics, I think, are much more interesting. So prebiotics can be thought of as the food for those good bacteria, so essentially fiber. So prebiotics can be a supplement uh, to fiber intake. Um, and I think, uh, you know, if we're going to take one or one of those pre or probiotics, I would suggest the prebiotics. Now, my bias is that taking fiber in, in the form of food is generally a better idea than taking pills. Okay. Um, this is going to be a little bit of a personal question, doctor. Uh, what do you normally eat? And second part is what is a gut healthy diet? What does that look like? So, um, you know, I actually changed my diet radically probably about, I would say four years ago, three and a half, four years ago. Um, you know, I used to have the, the normal kind of, you know, diet that we all normally have, um, you know, meat several times a week, um, 
uh, chicken several times a week, fish, what have you. Um, and really I've tried to adopt, uh, you know, a diet where I am able to get maybe, you know, 25, 30 grams, uh, every day. Um, so a lot of times that includes, you know, making sure I have fruit in the morning, salad or fruit for lunch, and then making sure I have a couple of servings of, of some sort of a fiber, um, uh, you know, plant-based food at, at dinner, and then really minimizing my animal protein. Uh, doctor, let's get to the best part about any kind of diet, the cheat day. Now, when you decide to have something like that, what do you eat and what's not so great for your gut? Sure. So this is, um, you know, I, I think that uh, the cheat day is always, it's so ubiquitous. Uh, and I really want to kind of make sure that everybody understands that this is not meant to be a diet that you go on. Uh, because you go on a diet, you go off a diet. This is really meant to be a lifestyle change. And then at the end of the day, we, you know, we all make deliberate choices that sometimes are not the healthiest for us. And I think that that's something that we just have to be aware of. So I do the same for me. Um, uh, probably a couple times of a uh, couple of times a month, uh, I will have red meat. So I really limit my red meat consumption to that, uh, to just maybe one or twice, once or twice a month. Um, and then my wife and I are are um, you know big fans of something that is really really unhealthy. Uh, uh, I mean, right. So one of the worst things you can have for for your gut health is smoked or cured meats. And you know. So for our anniversary, pretty much every year, we will go to a pastrami place, uh, and and you know that's our that's kind of our deliberate choice that we know is unhealthy, and you know we're okay making it because we're eating really healthy for the rest of the year. So this is by me. This is no no means uh, a recommendation to go do this, but you know this is what I do. I love it. I can just picture him with the mile high sandwich. You, know, you go to the. <laughs> You go to the deli. Are you splitting that thing or are you having one each? Thank you so much for your time, Dr. Shaw. Oh, it's my pleasure. It was uh, uh, wonderful to be with you all. I don't know about you, Mike, but I'm never going to look at food in my house the same way again. Steph, do like I do. Just eat with your eyes closed. <laughs> hey, to learn more about Lehigh Valley Cancer Institute, visit lvhn.org slash cancer institute. And remember, be safe, be smart, and be the healthiest you.